Thank we'll you, get, Mrs. Zoom. We'll get to <laughs> so no Dave or we do have David this week. I feel like I'm used to saying no David, but he's here this week. I'm dying on the inside and the school year is about to end, so I'm just I'm so my my brain is shutting off slowly. But we do have David, we do have Maverick and me Colby. No Aaron this week, but that's okay. So school's winding down. School is winding down. Yeah, this is the last full week of school. This is also EOG week. If you remember mm. these? It's uh, their math and reading EOGs on Tuesday and Thursday. And then I had to administer an EOG, which I have not done in like three years uh, this past Friday. And I accidentally skipped a page. Uh, <laughs> so I had to, I had to, look, it was on the samples. So I was like, uh, hmm, this thing, this, this, this EOG skipped to sample three. That's weird. And I was like, oops, I skipped a whole two samples. So it's fine. I didn't skip an important page, but I did go back and correct myself. So what do you do when you are proctoring an EOG? Like what, what do you, when, why, what I mean by what do you do is like when they are doing their test taking, what are you doing? Uh, so while they're actually taking the test, I'm walking around making sure that they're like progressing, making sure that I'm, I, it's in the thing where it's like you're supposed to be creating a positive testing environment and making sure they have what they need. And, you know, uh, if they have to go to the bathroom, like we have a live Google Doc that so we can request chaperones to come by. It's just weird right now with the COVID thing. Like they have to be spread out. They have to be, you know, you know, it's on the computer. We can't do physical calculators. So they have calculators on their computers that they use. Um, so it's just it's just strange. But. Honestly, it just involves a lot of walking around and uh, and just making sure that they're doing okay. They're, I was doing eighth grade, so they don't need that much, but I assume that like when they're in like sixth grade that they're kind of like, they're a little bit more high maintenance. They need a little bit more, especially if they need to like use the bathroom. Um, so. And all this time, I thought they were just playing Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that it was like the Friday was all the, vir- the kids that have been all virtual all year that is the people that come in on Fridays and um, it was definitely interesting to see uh, because like you know the kids that come during the week you know at this point we've gotten used to being at the school like you know you get the one mask thing going like you know it's it's we've been used to it at this point but like we had kids show up in like hazmat suits on Friday because they have not been to the school in a calendar year and yeah. they're you know it's, it was just a strange it was an interesting dichotomy of like I had kids who were like saying what's up and giving me like fist bumps on Thursday. And then Friday, it's like, please don't come within 10 feet of me. I'm wearing this hazmat suit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know? So I imagine there wasn't really much change school wise with the with Governor Cooper lifting the restrictions, still masks, because school was one of the main exceptions that he put to it. We can have masks off outside. Is outside. What I understand is that that's the only change that outside we now do not require to those kids in hazmat suits credit um schools are disgusting and we probably should have been wearing (laughs) hazmat suits when we were walking around in middle and high especially middle school i have very much enjoyed not getting some variation of a cold or a flu or strep this year though been nice (laughs) i remember my first time not living on campus well because i lived on campus for four years so when i graduated i came home 
and like August rolled around, August and September, and I didn't get sick. And yeah, I was the like, plague didn't hit you. Yeah, the Carolina fever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's the school that's disgusting. <laughs> and then I immediately started working at a different university. So, <laughs> lol on me. Anyway, Mav, how are you doing? I'm doing I feel like great. It's been a while. We haven't chatted. I know. Uh, since our last pod, it was what about three weeks ago now. Um, got my second vaccine. I am one of those that had a, a really strong reaction to it. Uh, put me on my shelf. One of those. I I used my first sick leave time since I've started at my job over this. So, but it's worth it. Never, never fun. I had a hundred and two five. Whoo! For um, that, that was about five or six hours, and then I had symptoms for about thirty six hours. It sounded like it hit you about as hard as it hit um, our friend Adam. It hit him hard. Yeah, we, he and I actually talked about that. Uh, we, I was texting him and asking him about it. Uh, I was in. I had a long sleeve shirt. I had sweatpants, and I had a my big winter blanket over me, and I was cold. Mm-mm. It was bad, but it's over now. I'm double vaxxed up. Got double vaxxed up on a Thursday afternoon. The sun was still out. <laughs> <laughs> I was really proud of that Instagram post that I, I made for that. But I, I'm happy that the, the light seems to be getting towards the end of the trouble, finally, when it comes to the restrictions to it as a whole. I mean, there's still a long way to go and still need to be responsible in at all times. Um, but it definitely feels like we're getting very close uh, to getting back to normal. That's a good thing. Like playoff basketball. That's that's the main thing. I wish I could watch, except my internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we're recording, um, as I wait for your scoring bug to come back up, I think the Sixers are losing right now to the Wizards. Oh, no, the Sixers are, took the lead back. It's in the third quarter, but I'm not going to commentate this game as we are recording this podcast. But the play-in games, what do y'all think overall? Success, failure? Uh, no. They, they were bad. Really bad. You you give NBA teams an NCAA tournament-like atmosphere where it's just like a virtually a one-game elimination type of situation, you're going to get absolute chaos compared to more amateur student-athletes playing or whatnot. You put full-grown professional basketball players – and it just it makes real madness um, for those games. I don't. I didn't really think any of them except for Lakers Warriors was entertaining. Sorry, but the Hornets got dog walked. In the in the worst sense of the word, dog walked. It was bad. Like I I, and I tried to warn people. I, I spent the entirety of my afternoon trying to warn people because a lot of like the big NBA writers. Um and NBA personalities were like, oh, jumping on the Hornets bandwagon. I'm like, don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. I mean, and, I mean, the Pacers. Credit to the Pacers. They just played a really good game too. And I think, mm-hmm. but I think Charlotte just their defense was atrocious at the same time, and they just couldn't hit shots. And then Indiana goes and gets whooped to the Wizards in the final playing game. So I mean. It's definitely, I don't think any of the teams really had a, a big run or whatnot. Like I said, I think only the Warriors-Lakers was the entertaining one. And I fell asleep during that game. 
Yeah. Like, I cannot... I got spoiled by bubble basketball last year. Where it's just like, all the games ended at like 10.30 or 11 o'clock. I can do that. I can stay up till 11 to watch a basketball game. That uh, 12.30, 1 o'clock, that's going to be a no-go for me. That's what happens when both teams are on the West Coast, but it's whatever. Uh, The other one, and then, so the Lakers beat the Warriors. LeBron finally turned the tables on Steph and hit a nice long shot of his own. They looked at him and said, I can't even see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then the the Warriors got knocked out by Memphis. Uh, So it's kind of sad. I I mean, as big as the Warriors were, it was kind of sometimes you cheer for them, sometimes you don't. But I am happy that the Grizzlies uh, did ultimately make it. Yeah, Jaw had some big boy buckets at the end of that game. The the Mavs fandom is that that John Morant is what we expected uh, Dennis Smith Jr. to be. I think. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, I thought Dennis Smith Jr. was going to be a lot more present in the NBA as he went here. But Jaw's Jaw's the real deal. I, I love John Morant, man. And then somebody else tweeted, I can't take credit for this, but he said, with that updo, you cannot lose. <laughs> I mean, they, I, they do have Grayson Allen, and they also, uh, was it um, the other Jones, the Jones brother? They have, it's not Trey, but it's uh, from 2015. Um, is Ty Devil. still on that team? Tyus, I'm pretty sure is, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they did a jersey swap when Memphis played San Antonio. Mm. Now, with the Warriors being now officially out of the playoffs. And with Steph doing IG lies with Jake Cole while he's in Africa. Anyway, go ahead. Like, like, how do you, like, obviously the Warriors are, like, it's still Steph Curry. You still have Draymond Green. You have a, you know, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins. That's not the best team in the world. But, like, I still very distinctly remember Steph Curry saying, you know, he doesn't like the fact that, uh, you know, LeBron, like, was carrying a bunch of scrubs. Like, he doesn't like that terminology. But, like, you know, you didn't didn't technically make the playoffs. I know they didn't have Clay, but, you know, I don't know. If you put LeBron on the Warriors, do they – are they a better – are they a better seed, seeded team? Ooh, that, that – the thing is, that Warriors team is really bad. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying yeah, that they're good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um – and we have seen LeBron pull, like drag some bums to and through the playoffs to the finals. But we haven't seen LeBron do that in 13 years, 14 years. Yeah. Since the 07 finals. I don't know if year 18 LeBron on that team, they might, if he's healthy all year, they probably make the playoffs. But. He's leading like Booby Gibson and Mo Williams and <laughs> Big Z. We we really need Aaron for this conversation, huh? Yeah, we do. Hey, <laughs> no, actually, we don't need him here so that we don't get any retorts for it. Completely <laughs> unchallenged. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it's any. I mean, it, Steph Curry had a great season. Yeah. I think that the MVP talk is stupid. Uh, I, I do not think that he should be MVP. No. He can have a great season, but you can't be the, you know, eight seed not making the playoffs and be the MVP. I'm sorry. Like, you just can't. Like, yeah. I mean, to me, it's clear 
that Jokic is the MVP this year. It's him or Embiid, and I guess I wouldn't hate if it's Embiid, but I feel like if they give it to Embiid, it's because they didn't want to give it to Jokic for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I would personally give it to Embiid at least this year. This is definitely one of his best years of all time, and Jokic is on his way. Jokic will win um, one, but I think, personally, I think it'll be Embiid's year because I think this is the closest that the 76ers have because their defense right now is just stifling. Um and they're firing on all cylinders. Now they got shooters with Danny and Seth um, Curry. Like they are definitely on a chance to run. Uh, and also, and we can get into the Nuggets series right now is that they're already losing to the Blazers, who, even with Jamal Murray being out, um, I think they were still expecting Denver to handle them pretty easily. Speaking of the Sixers shooting, though, I didn't realize, like, they, they had their starting lineup that I was watching with Carla before we started this podcast. So I was like, if you're going to have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the floor at the same time, you need to be able to space everywhere else. And with Danny Green and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris, you can do that and also be a great defensive team if you just hide Seth Curry. Because Danny Green can can be a lockdown defender on the perimeter, so can Tobias Harris. You put um, Ben Simmons on their best player, and Embiid locks down everything inside. That is scary. Mav, did you get a chance to watch that Nuggets game? Because I legit forgot it was happening last night. Yeah, I missed that one. I watched Milwaukee and Miami, and I watched Dallas's game. I did not catch I only caught the final score. That Milwaukee-Miami series is going to be really fun. Really fun. I, th- oh, I, I just Did I just miss that they just hate each other? I know Jimmy and Giannis are just, like, not not friends. <laughs> but yeah. man, well, the, the Heat eliminated him last year, did they not? Yeah, they did, yeah. But I think it, it definitely stems kind of like that, similar to the Dallas and uh, Clippers yeah. kind of series, but – and I, I hate to say it because Giannis is one of my favorite players, but there, there's definitely some, I think, some legit cracks when it comes to playoff time, when it comes to crunch time. Um, that really put on it. I, 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 like, they were like the, the Denver Nuggets of the early 2000s. Like, they were really good. Or even the Nuggets of a couple of years ago where they're really good, but they're, I don't expect them to go anywhere past the conference finals. Like the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, or the Jazz. Perhaps the Jazz might be the best comparison right now. Um, I mean, they have so much talent, though. And I hate that, and I really like Giannis. But I just don't see that team advancing. They might beat the Heat. Uh, I don't see them getting past Sixers. I don't see them getting past Brooklyn. Um, I don't even see them getting past potentially the Knicks if they play as hot as they are right now. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't understand why Giannis kind of, I don't want to say he shrinks in the postseason, but for whatever reason, probably most of the reason being teams like real, very much zeroing in on him and what he likes to do in the playoffs. It really, it makes Chris Middleton have to be the one that beats you. And as good as Chris Middleton is, you can't win a championship with Chris Middleton as your leading scorer. You might win a game just like they did. He, that was a really nice game winning shot. Mm-hmm. They hit, but 
Uh, I, that, it's been that way for since Giannis has been on the team and since they've really been in contention where it, Giannis struggles in the playoffs and then it falls on Middleton and Middleton also just doesn't meet that expectation for whatever reason, warranted or not. And I hate to be like that guy, but also the, the Heat just – they just have some dog in them that that Milwaukee doesn't have right now. I don't know what it's going to take for them to get there. But I feel like the Heat are going to be in every game that they play just because they just have this attitude that they're going to win everything. They're going to win every rebound, every loose ball. They are going to hustle themselves. They are going they are going to bootstrap themselves all the way to the end of the game every time. And I don't know if Milwaukee has that sort of attitude about them. I really want a Heat Sixer series. Yeah. Like I said, I think Milwaukee Heat will be a, a great seven. It could be a six-seven game series, um, possibly. But uh, there's definitely some questions there. I'd say for Milwaukee, I'm, I will never cheer for a Heat team, so I, I, I'm still technically cheering for the Bucks at this point. I just want to see what he'll do. Like, I think that it's it's the Celtics are going to lose to the Nets. I think the Nets are, are just quite clearly the favorites to get to the Eastern Concert Conference Finals. I, I feel like they need to be going up again. And I don't know what the seating is like, so I don't know what the possibilities are. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like a Nets-Bucks or a or a Nets-Sixers, you know, Eastern Conference Finals will be, I think, a really good series, in, in my opinion. Maybe the best series of the playoffs if we can get there. Yeah, um, Milwaukee would have to play Brooklyn, or the winner of Brooklyn Boston get to the conference final. So I think the Sixers definitely have a um, a good situation where they would, they play Washington and they would play the winner of the Knicks in Atlanta. I think they could handle the Knicks. Yeah, I feel like the the Knicks tape era is going to be ending pretty soon maybe not this round i don't think that the hawks honestly I, let me take that back i have not watched a second of hawks basketball this year <laughs> so i'm not going to make any value judgment on them but I, I don't see the knicks beating in a seven game series any of the top three seeds. it's one of those things where just like chris middleton if julius randall is your best player you're probably not going to get to the conference finals I don't know if y'all watched the Nets game any last or last night yesterday, but they had a little bit of trouble with the Celtics up until the fourth quarter. And I feel like a lot of it was the defense stuff where they, for the first three quarters of that game, they were either coasting or just not playing good defense. And that's going to be a problem once they get to one of these series against the Bucks or the Sixers. I didn't. They they also had several really big runs though too. So I mean, and, and again, Boston's not a scrub team. They they're just a lower seeded team this season. Uh, but that team was in the conference finals. Um, so they're definitely that's still a very high caliber team that they still have to play. So um, I still think there's just way too much talent right now. Nets. It's, it's all the Warriors with KD, with James Harden, with Kyrie, with Blake Griffin. With you name it, I know it's like, like 
I, I get it. It's just really annoying. Like I'm probably a whatever, like probably old man screaming at the cloud. It just it just really is annoying. <laughs> it really is. Mav, this is your time now to talk about y'all's game against the Clippers, which let me start by saying, please get the Clippers up out of here. I don't know <laughs> why, but they are so annoying. So just get them out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, in the words of Ed Orgeron, oh, we coming. <laughs> and we ain't backing down. <laughs> and we ain't backing down. Uh, we got, we got, it's personal this year after what happened last season and last with the series or whatnot. Again, that, it, it was definitely different, much different circumstances, I think, for a lot of ways. I think the Clippers generally were a really great team last year, and they just had so many pieces. And I think uh, they were still the better team uh, last season, but you had just so many different variables. Um, I mean, you were, we were a Chris Stapps Porzingis ejection over a quite questionable technical foul from being up 2-0 on the Clippers. And then we end up losing the series 4-2. And then... Uh, you get you count also him going down with injury. Uh, it was the bubble, so we didn't have Willie Colley Stein. Uh, Jalen Brunson was out with a torn labrum. T- Dwight Powell was out with his torn Achilles, so we were very depleted. And then you get to this season. Um, I think it's fair to say that because of the losses of uh, you, you lose Montrez uh, oh, Harrell to the Lakers, and then you lose Sweet Lou, and you do get playoff Rondo. But I would say overall, I would still think the team progressed this year because, again, they went from the two seed last year. Now they're the, the four seed this year, whereas Dallas was the seven seed and went up to the five seed. So not only was there a regression from the, the Clippers, the Mavericks seemingly did improve because we, I think, addressed a lot of things on defense overall. I think it was just another year putting this team certainly together. And I think there was definitely a lot of personal storylines and such. So. Dallas came out really hot early, and it shows that when Dallas gets a hot start, they win. They are currently undefeated this season, regular season and postseason now, when they lead after the first quarter. Um, So it's integral that they do that, and when you do that, they can carry the wave of that confidence all the way throughout the rest of the game. It is incredible what Luka Doncic turns into. In the playoffs, it is really fun to watch. He's like the anti Giannis. <laughs> just something yeah. happens once he gets into the playoffs where it's just supernova. It is really fun to watch. Oh, it's extremely fun to watch. And I just love when <laughs> Luca smiles when he gets a switch and he gets switched on to Zubat or when Patrick Beverly tries to guard him. And I just love it. He just gets a smile on his face. He's like, oh, it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's the smile like, you get when you see um, your food coming out from the back of the restaurant. It's like, oh man, we about to eat. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, he had three step backs on Zubak when he got switched on to him on defense, and then he had the M one on Patrick Beverly. Drew two fouls on him in the first quarter. So he, I mean, Patrick Beverly is a scrappy defender, but he still can't defend Luka Doncic just because of the size difference. He even said, "You're." You're so effing small after he got that and one. So, like I said, the oh. Mavericks were a lot more ch- like chirpy than usual. Um, I mean, there was still some pushing in seven here. And then there's also the storyline where uh, Rajon Rondo absolutely hates Rick Carlisle um, over what things that happened in Dallas when we traded for him. And so there was also some spite there. Um, but 
We ultimately won 113 103, one by 10 points. Luca had a triple double again. He's had seven playoff games and he has a triple double in three of them. Uh, I think only a guy named Irvin Magic Johnson has more than Luca at this point in his playoff career. I am looking forward to more Clippers losses. <laughs> the quicker they are out of here, the better. And, and also, I mean, it, it, there's also things like, you, I'm sorry, playoff P is still playoff P. And so George is uh, still not, I mean, he had 19 points, but he's still just not what he used to be or still struggling when it comes to playoff time. Um, again, it, Dallas just has a lot more health now with our core. So things like Jalen Brunson was an immediate impact player when he came in off the bench this series. We didn't have that in the bubble last year. You had Dwight Powell who came in and had really good moments. And also just the overall improvement of people like Dorian Finney-Smith, Dodo, who had 18 points. He shot like it was three or five, four or five from three. And that's exactly what you need from that guy. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., if, if he can be consistently like he is in game one, and then even with Chris Stapps just having a really subpar game outside of the first four minutes and the game ceiling dunk, Dallas is a really dangerous team. So the Lakers-Suns game we have not seen yet, so we can talk about that series genu- generally. Who do we have winning this one? I, I see a lot of people picking the Lakers. I don't know about that. I don't know either. And I, y'all know I'm the b- biggest bronze stand, and I am not loving this series before it starts. Yeah. The only thing that I can say that favors the Lakers is the experience and that they're the reigning champs and that the Suns are a young team. But they, have, I mean, Chris Paul does a lot for those young, that young team. You know, they go from a laughing stock of the league to now, are they the one seed technically? You see. They so are, yeah. That is absolutely respectable. Yeah, Chris Paul is a game changer. I am interested to see what playoff Devin Booker is. Because I'm not sure if we know what that looks like yet. And I don't know what if he's faced these sorts of stakes before. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. The Lakers really need Anthony Davis to take over. Really in all of these series leading into the finals. Like, they just need to save Braun for as long as possible before we get to these finals. Because I have a feeling that next year, there might need to be, like, a changing. Like, we might need to pass the sword from LeBron to AD if the Lakers want to keep competing for championships. Because it's, like, it's year 18. It's been a while. So, I, I don't know. I'm going to watch this game, but I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what's going to happen. This is easily one that could go six, seven games. Um, if, I mean, if Lakers do regroup and stuff and get healthy. This sucks for Chris Paul that <laughs> you are a two seed. Like you are, you are one of the best teams, maybe the favorite to make the finals. If it wasn't for playing LeBron, <laughs> LeBron and Anthony Davis in the first round, that's unfair. You, you have one of the greatest seasons in Suns history, it, like without the, the Steve Nash years <laughs> and you have to play, um, you have to play LeBron and AD in the first round. 
I feel like there are going to be a lot of bad takes about Chris Paul's legacy if they lose this series. But, like, it's not a good look. No. BT Dubs, I do have to run. I had a little earlier than I thought I did, but I will see you all next week. That's fine. Appreciate it. Have fun. Deuces. I'm going to go see if I can buy a house. <laughs> uh, the other two series, I mean, we kind of talked about Hawks Knicks, but I really don't have any takes about that unless you do. I, I, I think the Knicks will win that series. Yeah, I feel like the Knicks having home court is going to matter a lot. I don't know how many people they're going to put in MSG, but I feel like it's going to be a lot. I think Theo tweeted 13,000. That's a lot of people. And people that, I mean, that's one of the diehard franchises. So despite being terrible for years, uh, you give them a chance and they're going to get right back into it. Oh, yeah. They're into it when they have 19 win seasons. Like <laughs> these fans aren't going anywhere. Um, and then Grizzlies Jazz. I don't think that the Jazz are going to come out of the West. And it would be I really would love for funny. the Grizzlies to win. It would be so funny if the Grizzlies won. So I, I would absolutely love for the Grizzlies to pull off an upset. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would definitely give a chuckle. So, I don't know if I said, but I finished Lost. Did finish Lost. Today, uh, we are recording Sunday, so this is May 23rd. This is the anniversary of the finale. Oh, look at that. Being aired. I I have uh, checked my time hop, and I actually made a Facebook post about it. (laughs) 11 years ago. That's really Uh, cool. So, I finally got all the way caught up. I don't know if I actually entered in any of the discussions. Um, when you were originally talking about it, but it's definitely, it goes to show, I think why it's considered to be one of the greatest series. I know you originally said, no, you just said it's okay. And I understand that. I, you said, I think you were saying too, um, you didn't care too much for, necessarily for Jack, but I definitely think there was a, a, it did show a lot of character development. I would think over the, the final series and the ending, I think the ending really did raise the level of it. I think that um, some of the flat. I like the flash, flash Jack that we got in season six. I still didn't like the the regular timeline yeah. <laughs> Jack when we got to season six. What I've been telling my friends about Lost is, if Lost was made today, I think it would be a lot better and a lot tighter. One, I feel like it's not, it wouldn't have like a hundred some episodes or however many it has. I'd probably be like five a lot seasons. Of yeah, it'd probably be like five seasons, 10 episodes each, like 50 ish, somewhere between 50 and 60 episodes. And I feel like that is plenty of time to tell this story. Um, and probably cut down on the number of characters because I feel like at some points they just got. Well, I got to do this character's backstory and this character's backstory and this character's backstory. Um, and they kind of wrote themselves into a corner in that way. But it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I still I think, think it's I, I under I get why people love this show. Yeah. I also think there's a lot of people that just ch- either choose to or just it, a lot of the, the mythology or a lot of the the story arcs and whatnot just flies over people's head. And they either don't understand it or they choose not to want to understand it. Yeah, I, I I don't know if 
the world was ready for Lost. The, uh, the like the sci the sci-fi sort of fantasy parts of Lost. I'm not sure if the world was ready for that. Then, because I love the the way that um, I mean, I don't know if this is a spoiler. I don't think it is. Like the, the when they explain like time travel in the show, like they take like painstaking time every episode to explain how time travel in this world works in a way that I don't think that they would do now, and I don't think they would have to do it now. Just because I feel like nowadays people are like, oh, yeah, you can have like Back to the Future time travel or like Prisoner of Azkaban time travel or like Doctor Who time travel. Um, and I'm not sure if the world was as versed in sci-fi back then. Or Umbrella Academy time travel. Or, or Umbrella Academy time travel. That's my favorite. Don't see season, yourself. <laughs> season two of Umbrella Academy was so good. I really loved that show after season one that I didn't love, but I really, really love season two of Umbrella Academy. So going back to it, I think a lot of the, the big thing was the the whole idea that they, they were just dead the whole time. I, and I don't think that's true no. at all. And even the creator said like everything that happened on the Island happened. They say that in the show, <laughs> that yeah. everything that happened, happened. They didn't all die. <laughs> so but I think it was potentially like the flashes forward backward and sideways yeah. that did ultimately confuse people make them i think that might have fueled those theories per se now one the one thing i was thinking of so i and again i guess we're getting to spoiler territory so sure yeah. jack's son is flash sideways so that's not real right right and the flash is so is the flash sideways the purgatory if you want, I I take issue with the term purgatory, even though I know how you're using it. Um, or the place yes. in between. Yeah, it's the in between. I like the in between better. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Jack's son is the in between. What I thought was happening with the flash sideways is Juliet blows up the bomb. So I I think that in some realities, this is what my headcan is, what I thought was happening. In some realities, the bomb goes off and the island is destroyed and Jacob can't talk to the people while they're growing up and then people are not affected by the island. And then in another reality, the bomb never goes back, but it still pushes them back to 2007 and the show goes on. But what actually happened is nothing and they just flash back to, two, to 2007 yeah. and because that was at least one thing that confused me is that for some characters some things still happened mm -hmm. despite being sideways as if nothing ever happened so john still got the wheelchair it still ended up in a wheelchair under different circumstances but he still ended up in a wheelchair and then also like how the, the different arcs like so Jack uh, is it was married to Juliet and then had a son or instead of just being married to his first wife or whatnot. So it was like the arcs still are slightly different, I guess. One thing that I thought was really funny is so the the last scene when they're all in the church and they're like watching people like go through the the heaven gate um and they they say that they're all there because 
they wanted to meet up with each other after everybody died because it was the most important times of their lives. Trauma bonding. Yes. And what's really funny is Aaron is there. Claire, Claire's baby. So, like, you have, like, all the people who are, like, grown and, like, talking to all their friends. And then there's this poor baby that I'm sure had a long, wonderful life and had friends of his own. Yeah. But has to come back and be a baby and not get to hang out with his friends with the um with the afterworld that they created with each other. I think that's really funny and kind of cruel, but... Kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> I think, I mean, one thing, Walt was not there and Michael was not there. I that's, I was curious. And then also there was the decision for Ben to not go in to the church. So did he die at that or at that point? Was he not dead or was he dead? And he's still in that in between just trying to either atone for what he, he had done or, or what? I would think the latter. Yeah. Or didn't feel that he was in a position to move on still. Yeah. Or, or was, or at least denying himself the chance to be able to move on because of what happened. At least that's how I read it. Cause from what Hurley said, it feels like he did a lot in the time after the show to kind of made up for everything that he had done um, mm -hmm. in the time leading up. But yeah, lost. I wanted to talk about, um, mass effect um but i don't believe you've played and david had to go buy a house so <laughs> i can that save that for later another pod 